0: This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, welcome back. I'm Dr. Margaret, and you're listening to Self Work. I really appreciate you being here. Today, we're going to be talking about divorce. You know the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting? (laughs) Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect when you're divorcing and ways in which you can be really your best self. So, first, we're going to talk about some surprising facts about divorce. Second, we're going to talk about how you can prepare yourself. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I think is true for all divorces, really, no matter what the reason. And then, Third, we're going to talk about the six ways that I've been able to uncover on how to be your best self during a divorce. It's tough. Divorce is very painful. I have been divorced. It's especially painful when you're divorced and you have children. But really, any kind of divorce is really rough and like a death. And it should be treated as such. Then we've got an email I'm going to read concerning the effect of divorce on older children, children who are actually adults already. Maybe they have their own children and their parents are getting divorced. There are more and more what are termed gray divorces nowadays, people who've been married for a really long time and they get divorced. So here we go. One surprising fact about divorce is that actually divorces are on the decline. They were highest in the 1970s and 80s. There is a New York Times article actually in the show notes. There's a link there if you want to read what researchers are saying about the reasons why divorce is declining. But that's obviously really good news, I think. However, many of us do get divorced. You have to learn to live with whatever you experience within that marriage, whatever mess you might have helped to create, and the ending of a relationship that, you know, at at one time you believe was very right for you. Sometimes the, the choice to divorce is mutual, but sometimes it very much is not. Sometimes your partner's involved someone else or had an affair, and sometimes the pain lies only between the two of you. And then not only if you get divorced, do you have to deal with the two of you and perhaps children, there are the what I call the onlookers, the people who love you, and they may even love your soon-to-be ex. People can be helpful If they stay out of things as much as possible and are just supportive, but far too often they have their own agendas, are very super protective of you, and can only see one side of the coin. That can feel good, but it only feels good temporarily. But you're really on your own path. Divorce can feel quite lonely, in fact. But there's one thing that I find to be true of the divorces, at least, that I have observed or been a part of. And I think it helps you prepare yourself for what may happen so you can know what to expect when you're getting divorce. And it's three little words. Divorce imitates marriage. What that means is how two people divorce is basically the same process where it will imitate how they were married. Now, this doesn't seem all that earth-shattering, really, when, when you stop and think about it. But unfortunately, what I see is that a lot of people believe that somehow their partner is going to act differently or be better. They're going to rise to the occasion. And that, I'm sure, does happen occasionally. But most of the time, people act the same way or they act more of the same way they did when you were married, meaning... If someone had control issues or liked to, um, like to control money, hiding money may be a big issue. If someone's passive or indecisive, then they're going to be petrified of making life altering decisions. If there's a need to be seen as right all the time, then that parent may talk inappropriately to children about how bad the other parent is. If there was an intense need for affirmation, you're likely to see someone get entangled in another relationship far too soon. If anger was a problem, whatever, whatever the problem was, that problem is going to emerge in the divorce process. The stress of divorce, again, sometimes the advice of onlookers can be really not so good, but divorce is very stressful, and that stress can lead us all to use the same strategies we tried to protect ourselves with when we were married— We're trying to protect ourselves from hurt and pain. Now, remember, your strengths are going to be present as well. If there was mutual respect, there'll be mutual respect in the divorce. If I've got two people in front of me, for example, who take their fair share of the responsibility, then their divorce may be painful, but it will be much more amicable. If both people really put the kids before themselves, then you can wade through a divorce. So that's what you can expect, But what are the things that you can do to at least try to be your best self? That's all you've got control over after all. In fact, you're divorcing yourself from someone and thus you'll have a lot less influence on them as a person. Since you are the only part of the equation you can control, then how are you your best self? First and foremost, I think you have to seek objective feedback. Now, I know I'm a therapist, but believe it or not, I don't think therapy is right For everybody, or is the answer to everything. But in this case, someone who doesn't know you or your partner or your family or your kids can be much more objective about you and your choices and behavior. A good therapist will support you and give understanding where they can, but they'll also gently confront misbehavior or irrational thinking. Sometimes you can get that from a lawyer, too, but we're going to talk about lawyers in a second. Second, you want to look for support from friends who do not vilify your partner. You know, I, uh, when, when I got divorced, actually, to be totally honest, I had been divorced twice. I had a very chaotic decade there with a lot of pain in it. I'm not proud of that, but that's part of my history. But it, so it was my second husband, and people would say, actually, they said it about my first, come to think of it, but they'd say, I never knew why you married him anyway. And, That was such a funny thing to hear, and I understood what they were trying to do. But I had loved both those men, and I thought the marriages were going to be good ones. So I struggled with people giving me this feedback. I think it's better to look for people who can be supportive of you, can listen to you when you're angry or you're tearful, but they don't undercut what was for you an important choice in your life. If you're going to surround yourself with people who are going to bash the opposite gender or going to bash your soon-to-be ex, that's simply not helpful. Third is to choose an attorney whose style fits the kind of divorce that you want. Some attorneys can be very gentle. Some have the reputation for being more ruthless and using fairly manipulative tactics. So if you need a fighter, if you need someone who's really is going to push you then seek out that kind of attorney. But if you do not, then ask around for an attorney whose reputation is different. Also consider mediation. Some states actually require it, but not all. Mediators are trained to work with legal and emotional ends of divorce. I really like mediation teams who are composed of a, of a therapist and a lawyer. One of the very strange things and shocking things I think really about Divorce, especially a highly conflictual divorce, is you have all these people in your life. This lawyer, a judge, who suddenly becomes someone you're counting on, whose decisions can alter your life. An attorney ad litem, whomever. That's an attorney that is assigned to your kids, by the way. You can feel very, very lost. All of a sudden, you're talking about interrogatories and depositions. And a lot of times, the questions on those are very specific, very detailed, and are meant to get information, but they're also meant sometimes to get under your skin. So again, finding an attorney that can guide you and effectively help you through all that process is very important. Here's my fourth suggestion. Take divorce breaks. (laughs) What I mean by that is you certainly can't deny that your divorce is occurring but it can become all that you talk about with other people. People ask, how's the divorce going? And it can be tiring to answer it one more time. So, you know, you can tell your family and friends that you need to take a break from focusing on what's happening. You do something you love to do. Even just simple things. Visit friends you haven't seen in a while. Go for hikes. Begin something new, something fresh. Try to get off the emotional roller coaster. The fifth thing is to start to become accustomed to being unpartnered and living your own life. I will tell you that the least followed piece of advice that I give ever is this. Don't get involved in a relationship too soon after a divorce. People don't follow that piece of advice because you're lonely, your esteem has been dragged through the dirt, or could have been, and hearing someone else say, Wow, you're really a pretty terrific person, is highly seductive. And I don't mean necessarily in a sexual way. I just mean in an emotional way. It feels good to be held. It feels good to be admired. So, of course, you're drawn to that. People hop onto eHarmony or one of the other dating online sites far too quickly. You're very vulnerable during a divorce and for months after the divorce had a friend one time who said that he thought that people who'd been divorced less than a year should have to wear a little tag on their (laughs) on their clothing or something if they went out to a bar just because you'd want to know it before you were attracted to them because you'd be making a choice to get involved in what could possibly still be a very chaotic situation. But I guess that's not possible. The other thing is I think it's simply difficult sometimes Especially if you have children and then and then your children leave to go be with your ex. What do you do with your time? Especially if you've been a stay-at-home parent, that can be a huge adjustment. So what do people do? Instead of staying by themselves, they get kind of frenetic and have lots of activity and lots of plans. So working into a place where you can say, you know, I'm going to be by myself this weekend. I've got to learn to enjoy my own time. And of course, if the divorce was a highly conflictual one, then communication with the kids when the other, when your ex-partner has them can be difficult. There's just a lot of things to be worked out. The sixth thing, and perhaps for me one of the mo- most important, is to realize and accept that you can learn from your divorce and you can change for the better. I hate it when people say, well, looking back on an eight or ten or even two-year marriage, 30-year marriage, well, that was a waste because that was you living those months and years. That was you investing in that relationship. And in some ways, you're saying that those years weren't important, weren't valuable. Now, many times I hear, of course, I love my kids, but your kids can't be the only reason why those years were valuable, in my opinion. Yes, divorce can feel like failure, and that doesn't feel good. It's not warm and cuddly but you can learn from it. One of the things that I think time gives you is the ability to look back and say, what was I trying to learn during that marriage? What was important about being with that person? It can even lead you to gratitude that your ex was part of your life. And then, of course, the second step is taking responsibility and trying to grow from whatever your role was in creating the problems, whether it was vulnerability, immaturity, Irrationality, jealousy, anger, being needy, being an overfunctioner, an underfunctioner, whatever it was that was your part of your marriage ending. If you address that honestly, then you will choose differently. If you so decide to get involved in another relationship, you won't choose the same kind of person because you will have changed. Even though your divorce may feel like a failure, it doesn't have to define you unless you allow it. You can work through your feelings about it with time and go on to a much more positive life. Okay, here's an email from a listener. I read your article regarding divorce's effect on children. I have scoured the internet to find articles on how divorce affects children who are grown and married, some with children of their own, and there's hardly anything out there, at least that I can find. I know each of my children have reacted differently, but it would be helpful to hear from other grown children who have had this happen to them when their parents had been married at least 30 years or more. When I initially wrote back this woman, I said, you know, I've really never looked into this too much. I've certainly had patients who have been older and their parents have divorced, but I'm going to look into this. And I did. I found several articles, actually. There was even a movie made in 2013, ACOD it was called, it was Adult Children of Divorce. But the articles that I found indicated that the problem is adult children aren't guided. They, they get pulled into decision-making and the conflict much more with their adult parents or older parents than they would have if they had been children. They can be used as a confidant or even a financial advisor, for example. The other issue is a lot of kids don't really understand the impact of the divorce on them. They may be 8, 9, 10, and are dealing with some of the practical aspects of it at that age, but they don't think about the future and about what that divorce may entail. Older kids do. They understand what may happen logistically, pragmatically, emotionally. They may think about, well, you know, you've left mom or you've left dad, but he's got MS or... She has depression, and now it's going to be my job to take care of them. And so they can be angry about that. They also are protective of their own children. When people who've been married a long time divorce, a lot of times their adult children are angry because their children are going to be affected, especially, again, if they don't get along. There is a link in your show notes to an article on just this that goes into this topic a lot more specifically. And I guess if you're an adult child of divorce, it's good to know that there are a lot of you out there. In fact, the trailer for the movie said 3% of the population has obsessive compulsive disorder and over 50% of the population are, are adult children of divorce. So I want to thank you for listening to Self Work today. I'm Dr. Margaret. I'm a clinical psychologist. I practice in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I've been doing that for over 20 years. started podcasting three or four months ago. And I'm so pleased that you decided to listen today. There are plenty of ways of getting in touch with me. I blog weekly at my website, DrMargaretRutherford.com. You can email me and I will answer you. That is a confidential email, by the way. It's AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretRutherford.com. I'm on Twitter at Dr. margaret, Or my phone number is 479-443-3413. If any of you actually call anybody anymore. (laughs) I'd so appreciate it if you'd leave a rating or a review that really helps on iTunes and gives me some feedback about what's working and what may need some improvement. And of course, subscribe. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dr. Margaret, and you've been listening to Self Work.